you know, like a lot of us, maybe home was not as good as we wanted it to be. So it was that energetic world that would take me away into a place of magic and also a place that reflected who I truly was. You know, yes, sometimes you can see things. It's more how things make you feel. But in some way, we are no different than the energy the moon is sending us. We've just decided to clump down on this space and time. Kundalini does a lot of different things. Some of them are very odd. But one of the taglines of Kundalini is the yoga of awareness. So all of the, the movement and the breath is to bring you to this, oh, that's who I am. You know, and if you notice, I say to my students, I love them mm -hmm. and I love you. And, and I know as soon as I love you, as soon as I put that in the, in the ethers, it's like a contract. So I have to show up now and, and not, you know, run away when I'm angry and not fade away when I think you've acted different, you know, we know the love contract's on. Welcome to the Honor Your Aura podcast, a podcast devoted to learning about, caring for, and empowering the energy within, with your host, Kema England. Hi everyone, just a little side note here before we get started. I know many of you listen with your little ones. And as our conversation flows, there is some profanity here and there sprinkled in. So if that's something you would prefer not to hear today with their little presence, then please wait for another time. All right, so here we are. Welcome back, everyone, to the Honor Your Aura podcast. I am here with Mahan Raj Kar, who I just absolutely adore, admire. I find that she is just such an inspiration with her work and offering and just who she is as a person. For those of you that know her, I'm sure that you can resonate with that wholly and completely. And, you know, I connected with Mahan Raj Kar at her. Kundalini Yoga Studio, Great Divine Flow in Vista, and to have taken classes with her, have, you know, been a part of her amazing offerings, have joined forces with her doing um, combinations of Kundalini and crystals. And every time, you know, I find that my eyes open to, to this kind of new potential that is available to us when we access our breath, when we access these different aspects of kundalini yoga and then really this whole kind of energetic slash spiritual umbrella of offerings that comes through Mahan Rajkar. So I'm just absolutely delighted to have you on today and talk about your relationship to energy and your energetic offerings. Thank you. You know, when I, you sent me the, you know, kinds of things where, when did I know I was an energy body? And I knew it from when I was a little girl. Mm -hmm. I, you know, and, and I really felt it in nature. I used to love to pretend by myself and see fairies and talk to things that weren't there. And that part of my life was more real. And now, even now, 
No, I get a little misty. Even now, when I walk in nature, there is something so alive for me because, you know, like a lot of us, maybe home was not as good as we wanted it to be. So it was that energetic world that would take me away into a place of magic and also a place that reflected who I truly was. Yes. You know, so it felt so good. And, and you know, when we were talking about, you know, um, astrology and stuff, I, it, it also occurred to me at a pretty young age being fascinated, fascinated with the moon. And I used to, my bed was right next to the window. And depending on the moon's phase, I could see it. And I used to make up these songs to the moon. And I had my friend Kelly White, and she would lay beside me, and, I, and she goes, do the songs, do the songs. And I, it always started out with, the moon is as round as round can be, two eyes and a nose and a mouth, you see. But then it would always just go. And what I feel now as an adult, you know, astrologer, cosmic goddess kind of thing, is um, the song would be created by the moon. You know, I was feeling it. And... Um, I'm very passionate about helping people find that again, because I think we all feel it, you know, and because of that experience, even the way I do um, astrology and Kundalini, especially astrology, to not think of them as like so far out there um, or so much different. It's just like you and the crystals. Mm -hmm. My crystals are friends. Yeah. So really knowing, allowing yourself to feel the sun. Um, you know, one of my favorite um, Kundalini teachers and astrologers is Guru Ratana. And although she talks about the big aspects and whatever, when she does her blog, it's just about the sun changing signs and the moon. And even if we only, because they are the two brightest celestial beings, mm -hmm. mommy and daddy, they are the, in our planets, right? Even if that was the only thing we opened our heart to, we would be fundamentally changed and empowered and, and protected. So Absolutely. that's why I love it so much. I love yeah. that too. And just thinking about, you know, how simple it can be within the sun and the moon. And I think to just begin a relationship with thinking about the sun and moon as these energetic entities that really are our companions. And that, you know, if we do sit with the energy of the sun and then we sit with the energy of the moon, like how we individually can actually have an experience just as if we were to hold, you know, a clear quartz crystal and then a rose quartz crystal to know that, wow, I'm actually having a different experience that's very personal to me and to my life and that energy is accessible in you know a millisecond it's not just because you know we do think that time and space is so far away but from what i can gather you know just from from the explorations with crystal and from what i know of astrology and it's like space and time are obsolete you know and mm -hmm. even in the realm of reiki or energy healing it's like the energy is right there the ability to connect to these unseen while the moon can be seen the sun can be seen a crystal can be seen but the energy is an unseen force yes and they serve you know too as you were saying you know being a child and then i'm sure as you kind of evolve to have this that contextual bridge because i don't know if you feel this way but you know as we get older 
I think that sometimes that childhood, what feels just so natural, right? To sing to the moon and to have that, those experiences with fairies in nature are just so natural and, and real and you don't even think twice. And then what kind of happens as we get older and then we kind of need more of this, this intellectual context for, to like bridge us back into that space. It's funny when you say that because I, um, I wanted to stay in that world, pretend much longer than most kids. And I remember like fifth or sixth, fifth grade, it was not cool. I needed to really like stop. And um, I remember going to my aunt's and she had a really amazing fairy garden. Like, and I just decided, and I feel like this is so sad. I made this decision, like I'm going to go and I'm going to pretend my little ass off. And then it's over. You got to pack up your magic and start acting like the other kids. And I did, you know, um, but it was, it's always a part of me. And, and I think as we grow up and we're adults, we get to take that back out. And that little girl is safe because Mahanraj Carr is watching over you now. So go for it. Um, and you never have to put your magic back away kind of thing. Right. And it is, it is all energy. You know, I mean, I was thinking about during this COVID virus, I, um, I got two, two kittens that were two and a half weeks and I don't speak their language. I'm not a cat, you know, and it was more the energy between us to know what to do and have a relationship with it. You know, yes, sometimes you can see things, but you, you know, you, it's more how things make you feel. And that is happening all the time, you know, and especially with, you know, all this talk, I mean, with 5G and all that, there, there is energy bombarding that is um, not natural. Right. And we are, you know, they, we are stardust. We are made of light. It just, it has gotten dense enough and Maya makes us think we're solid. But in some way, we are no different than the energy the moon is sending us. We've just decided to clump down on this space and time. Right. And so, it, you know, and you don't want to go too far in that because like bills have to be paid and whatever. I mean, that's what I love about Kundalini yoga. It's the householder's yoga, but it's super magical. And to use the knowledge of your aura and this magical understanding of the stars talking to you and earth talking to you and have it make you a supremely loving human being. You know, that's what it's for. It's not, you know, I love Yogi Bhajan used to say, don't do Kundalini. And of course he did the opposite, but he, he would say Kundalini is not to make you unusual or to stand out or be special. But it does make you feel that way because all of a sudden now you're connected to everything. Right. But if you stay humble and really like, you know, but for the grace of God, then, you know, you aren't restricting the energy. Then it is pure love. And maybe, you know, and so I think it's love. I think at the end of the day, the sun loves me. And, and like anything, like even God, like so many people, whatever you, we call God or whatever, it's, it's, we are all made of the same thing. So we know, right, when something gives me attention, when I say, moon, I see you. The moon goes, ah, so you do. You know, if I don't recognize the moon, then there is no relationship. So it's our choice, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like I want to have a relationship with everything I see, especially the things that are so 
um, like ruling the world. I mean, the sun coming up and down, that moon rising and Venus, you know, to me, it's like, I want to know them. What are they trying to heal in me? What are they sending me? Yeah. Right. And I think what's so interesting is that, you know, we kind of started talking about the energy that we can feel from them, but so too, it's a, you know, it's a relationship and we have, and like, and I think that that's, you know, an aspect of the honor your aura is that acknowledging that we are an energetic being and that everything that's going on inside of this physical form, all of our thoughts, all of our feelings, our sort of experiences, our intention are, you yeah. know, are, are radiating from us. And I think that intention kind of being that key that wherever we're directing our focus, sun, moon, where, you know, that's where that's going to flow and that we all have the ability to do that. Even yes. though it might seem uh, at this point, like, you know, I think that, you know, those that are listening to the podcast are probably in uh, an understanding of that, but to some, it might just feel crazy, but you know, it's, it's real. We can communicate yeah. with these particular energies that is extremely magical and they do have these personal messages for us. If we are willing to observe our life, like yes, in the physical, but observe the other things that are happening in our life as well. Right. Yeah. Like after, right a kundalini practice or after practicing kundalini for maybe it's just one practice maybe it's a week maybe it's a year to be able to observe for yourself the energetic yeah. shifts and changes and i think that that's where the magic lies as well it's in that direct correspondence of the practice or the connection and then to say wow i've shifted Maybe I look the same, but something has. Yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. And did you. Yeah. And you know, it's like, you know, when you think of it, what you're opening yourself to is more love. You know, it's like, so there's so many people that are so depressed and depleted. And what happens is now I have a relationship with my trail. And, you know, the way the Yakaranda tree grows and then the way this one big tree has this vine of these red flowers in it. And, you know, it's like I have this relationship. It, I know my child loves me. I love it and it loves me and we're together. There's definitely been times where I'm just going on a walk and I notice, like, you are not being here. You're not being with them. And, and the same way with the sun and the moon. So, you know, on a very fundamental thing you are signing up to have more relationships and more funnels of love and more ways that god can show you who you are and how much it loves you that's beautiful and that's absolutely beautiful i love what you're saying about creating those relationships and how they're there and i think that you know this time during our quarantine was really rich in that awareness because if we couldn't have an exchange with other humans to be able to say wow okay what am i exchanging with and where am i getting that joy that connection that and and it can be and it can be yes with mother earth and we kept hearing that you know like mother earth is calling right now and i think that that was just such a big piece if we were kind of willing to to go there Right, right. You know, and 
it's like we get caught up and we want it to be the human because we want the intellect, we want the language. Um, but usually it's the intellect and language that ruin our human relationships. And if we don't have enough energetic, and that's where your work and my work, it's like really understanding the aura and feeding it. What does it do? It, if you really work on it to feed it, it magnetizes better things and protects what's not good. And so, um, I mean, to have that enhanced in your life, excellent. And so none of that is language. That is just energy helping you live. You know, I remember, you know, um, I've been married for 28 years and I did that whole, you know, wrote down exactly what it is. And I did, you know, and I, I would have this um, meditation and I would dream lucidly of being with him. So when finally I met him, he, it was Tony. I, in fact, I named this imaginary lover, Troy. And when Tony said his name was Tony, I'm like, oh my God, it's one letter off, you know. Um, and when he walked in, it was him. That was all energy. I never have spoke to him, you know, and, and I knew when he was close, I literally put an ad in the light connection, like, come and get me, you know, and I met a few frogs, but I was nice. Namaste. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I know he's out there. And eventually Tony calls, you know, and all of that was energy. All of that was aura. All yeah. of it. Yeah, You know, it's like, yes, there was the thing, but what I was imagining, I was opening myself literally up to his aura, to the heavens, so they could put it together. Yeah. And I've often thought, you know, um, because I love my work, but I'm not quite where I want to be. Like, I know from that calling in with him that you know exactly how to do it. How come 30 years later, you're still stuck? you know, and that's karma and, you know, my own stuff to work out. But I know for a fact, if I just follow the formula and it was all energy, it was, I could feel him. Even the studio I have, I had just resigned because it was like a lot of money to open a studio and do all that stuff. And I was in a, an intense retreat of Kundalini high in the mountains in, in New Mexico, doing these crazy ass 31 and 62 minute Kriyas. Yeah. And I could feel my Oregon. And I felt like I disappeared in a way. Like I felt more myself, but at the same time, I wasn't there. I don't know how else to explain it. And literally, it, the studio just got magnetized to me as soon as we went down this, the mountain and I had these conversations with God about the studio like mm -hmm. well if you can't just hand it to me I don't want to hear another word about it and I come down the mountain and he's like here you go and we literally it was a yoga studio closing they didn't want anything but for me to take over their lease see ya I'm like yeah. so Wow. Um, I think we all have to play with that. I think there's not just one modality. Um, I think some things work more. Like I never knew how much crystals would help me till I was with you. I mean, I had them. It was like, oh, yeah, I got some crystals. Um, even though I played the crystal bowls, I didn't have them in my life. And, um, and now exponentially when I lay down, like it's almost like I have the crystals do Reiki on me or something. It's weird, yeah. you know? So they do their thing. So it's just like, it's all alive. It's all energy. And, you know, we can enhance that, you know, and, and that's one of the reasons I like Kundalini. There was two things that made me like it. 
you know, I'm a real witchy kind of goddessy girl, you know? And I, when I would listen to a Kriya, it sounded like a spell, you know? You do a little this, you do a little that, and voila, you know? And I was like, ooh, I love that. And then all of the focus on aura and energy. And um, I think sometimes we get very sidetracked. Like, it's very good to have, you know, I like to journal what I'm spinning in my head to be done with it. You know, there's only so much language and writing and talking you can do to heal, heal yourself. 90% of it, in my mind, the true healing is energy. Yeah. It's, you know, it's going to come down. Can you get it up and out of this body? You know, can you uh, get enough energy so you can elevate out of your freedom? I mean, out of your depression or not? You know, and I think so many people, you know, not necessarily who's listening to your podcast, but so many people get caught up in talking to doctors and prescriptions. And it's like what they all really need is to move their body, get some crystals and do some Kundalini yoga. Right, right. You know? And to, get to know yourself energetically so that you can listen and so that you can actually feel you know, what's going on because we're not necessarily, I mean, we think that we're in a time where we're awakening to the fact that we are more than just the physical body living in the physical reality and we're getting these little glimpses. And I think that those are great tools, but I think especially, yeah, with Kundalini, it just helps to, it helps to move energy so radically and then in turn bring us into a deepened connection with the fact that, whoa, this is energy moving and that there's more possibility and potential than just the density. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and that's what the, I mean, it, you know, as you know, you've done it. Kundalini does a lot of different things. Some of them are very odd, but one of the taglines of Kundalini is the yoga of awareness. So all of the, the movement and the breath is to bring you to this. Oh, that's who I am. You know, I don't believe it's for everybody. You know, I do think, you know, I'm that type of personality where it does something to me, like, because some of it's so rigorous and strange and chanting, like, it, it's almost like a, a, a whirlwind happens and it lifts my shit right out of the way mm -hmm. and I'm left clean. Right. And then I'm like, whoa, thank you. Yeah. And is that how you would then explain how it impacts our aura or our energy body. I know that there's more kind of refined ways that Kundalini works with the energy body and the aura, but would that kind of be it in a nutshell that it's helping to just kind of move the stagnation so that it can kind of purify and, and cleanse? Yeah. I feel like the movement with breath, like one of the easiest ones is when you have the fist and you go like this, mm -hmm. especially for a woman. So you're hitting this, and this is so, in Kundalini, you have 10 um, energy bodies. The soul, um, the negative mind, positive mind, neutral mind, the body, the aura, the arc line, um, the subtle body, the radiant body, and all bodies. So arc line and aura work together. So the arc line for a woman is from earlobe to earlobe. Men and women have this. Women have a secondary one, nipple to nipple. And so when you're doing this, you're literally physically, like you take the selenite wand, you know, you're using your hands, you're cutting up the density and you're adding prana. So, I mean, especially with women really being aware of this arc line. So what is an arc line? It's like a conductor. 
It's like an antenna. It's calling energy into it. So, and especially this one, which is right on the front of your low, of your head, right on the frontal lobe. If you're very negative, what is it calling in? It's calling in darkness. And this arc line then feeds the aura. And with, um, so they'll say in Kundalini, women have 16, more pow 16 times more power. Um, and it's because of our secondary arc line. We feel more. We can protect with this arc line. We also can be 16% more destructive against ourselves. Mm -hmm. So it, the power is going to go one way or the other. And so for me, as somebody who does Kundalini, um, like if I'm really in a negative state, what starts to happen is my heart breaks. So both of my arc lines start to just dampen my aura. And, um, and so, so imagine, so the thing that's conducting the energy is clogged up and drawing darkness. Now my aura is starting to get mucky. So I'm, I'm not able to protect myself and I'm drawing bad shit into my life. Mm -hmm. And all of that, of course, my mind is like, Ooh, you know, so what to do? The only thing you can do is to move energy in a way that makes sense. So I like this one thing called the trifecta. And you do the fist of anger, then you do sat kriya, and then you do addiction meditation. It's like nine minutes, you're done. But, you know, you do that. Or even when I work with my own selenite crystal, I'll breathe. I think the breath is huge. Yeah. And just the inhale and exhale. Inhaling the light. Exhale all the density and fear. Just to say that to your mind, inhale God, exhale fear, all of a sudden. And it, you know what it is too, Kema, is it's consciousness. We aren't conscious most of the time. So things are just happening. Right. We're not conscious, we're not aware. And then, so that's what makes a whale and a dolphin what they are. It's what makes them so special. They are mammals, just like us. You know, they have relationships, they have their little babies. They're so much like us, but there's one fundamental difference. Every breath they take is a conscious breath because they have to come up for it. Right. And so they are supremely aware. You know, I believe I've swam with the dolphins and um, I didn't really even think it was going to be that big of a deal. Kind of like crystals. I'm like, oh yeah, dolphins are cute. Cool. Yeah. I almost choked. I was crying so hard when I started interacting with them. And it was in the Bahamas. I was behind this catamaran and they would just like drag you on this like ladder, which mm -hmm. made it really fun for the dolphins because they could just swim with you. Yep. And this little baby came by and then the mom and the mom went really slow and just looked over at me. And I just, not only, I just felt her love. I mean, they are wild animals and they, are, and they also know that they are hunted by us. And they have so much cute curiosity and compassion for us. One time I was getting so nard by one and I couldn't hold my breath long enough. And I literally, my mind her, I was like saying to her, I'll be right back. Just stay right here. And I went up and I came back and there she was. She was waiting and she continued on, you know. And that sonar was like the energy that the way they communicate with their pitches and the sonar. I mean, it felt like orgasmic. Yeah, it was so intoxicating love, right. and I feel like that is kind of the stuff we need to get to. I mean, just on a weird scale, like with all the hate, all the like the COVID and the all the it's just a painful world right now, right? I feel like more than ever we gotta be, we gotta amp up our energy bodies, not just so we can prosper and have a better life and attract what we want. No, 
that's you know gonna happen but to be able to be like that dolphin and sonar the shit out of people that don't feel the love right right because we are those powerful conduits and pillars like we were talking about at the beginning and how many reminders you know do we need and i think that that's the beautiful thing about animals is that they grant us that reminder they grant us that ability to see that that power, that communication that we have beyond words. And that's even too what I was thinking about when you were talking about just sitting down with Kundalini when you're feeling that muddiness in your aura. It's like you have to often, especially when you're in the muddiness, bypass your mind and just do it. And, mm -hmm. and then like the reprogramming can occur. And, you know, and I, with that being said, you know, this, this idea of reminders, and okay, they're available to us in the animal you know, kingdom, they're available to us in the earth. And then I'm always so interested with Kundalini and how there is this direct correspondence to astrology. And I know that we did touch upon the sun and the moon, but I would, I would love to hear to you how they, why they're so often you know, brought together as a, you know, as a practice. Um, well, when they, when they break down the body, they also like put the planets in your body. So like, this is Jupiter, this is Saturn, um, this is the sun, this is Mercury. And then within the hand is Venus and all this. And this has to do with meridians and energy centers, or even ancient Chinese medicine. You know, that hand that they have, if you look at it, it has all nature and energy chakras and the stars in your hand. Um, and then the, the, the rib cage, according to Kundalini, and holds all the signs. So Sagittarius, Capricorn, all through your being. Um, so there really is no separation from us and the stars. And, and so I don't, and that's just how it's built in. But what, you know, like I have really, especially with Jupiter, so there, you know, Satkriya. So you put these two fingers. There is something, and when you think about it, it's so, because when you point, I want that, I want that. So what does Jupiter do? It expands things. So even the way we intellectually use that finger already seems like Jupiter, right? And this is Saturn. And, you know, we use that to like tell people, hey, I don't like what you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. and, and Saturn is all about, I don't like what you're doing. I'm going to discipline you so that you will be a good person, right? And, and, but the thing with Saturn is when we do discipline ourselves, the, the payoff, the reward is huge. So I feel like it just really, it, to me, I think that's what has made them seem more like friends too, mm -hmm. because they're a part of my body and my practice. Um, and you know, I'm an, I'm an astrology and astronomy nerd, you know, like I like to look into things and I don't know it verbatim, but I've read this several times in astronomy, but the placement of our planets wasn't always like this. There was a huge meteor storm that switched some of them around. Mm. And one of them was Jupiter. And Jupiter, you would think, would be further away from Earth, that it, and it's not. And, and because of its placement, on, on just a star level, no hocus pocus, it's so big that there had been many times a meteor would have hit us. Instead, Jupiter took the hit, and we're still here here and and you see how we all work together that's why some of this stuff that we don't understand i mean 
it'd be so interesting if people had more of a spiritual consciousness before we started building this technology because I enjoy this technology, right? I love doing this with you. But had we had, I, I believe there could have been another awareness that would have given us similar technology without the destruction and pain it's giving the earth and her people. But having said that, this, the biggest point about energy is nothing is separate. So even other galaxies can feel the earth. And even beings, you know, beyond what our understanding, light years away, will be affected if we can't get our shit together. Yeah. You know, and it's like if, you, if we can take that into our own life, that's why we want a powerful aura so we can show up as, as a being, a human, but a, like a galactic citizen too, you know? Yeah. Yes. And, and that, even like with everything that's going on, we were talking about sonaring love with our energy. We know, I mean, the place we're in, language is only going to heal 10% of it. You know, I know I have to learn and be better and all that around racism. I get that. But I also know I'm not going to be able to language it right. They're not going to be able to language it. We're never going to come to peace without the right energy. Yeah. And we keep relying on words. And they're just so limited. Right. So. And it, yeah, they absolutely are. And especially in correspondence to the non-physical aspects of our reality, right? Even our emotional body, I always like to think about because we don't even, in our, in our typical vocabulary, we have like 10 words that we use to describe our emotional body. And then furthermore, we probably haven't even been, you know, we haven't even been taught all of the other words to describe our emotional body, never mind are energetic, you know? Yeah. I think sometimes the emotional body in Kundalini is what they're calling the subtle body. I mean, I feel like I feel my emotional body inside, but when I'm not right, my emotional body comes out. I always know where it is. It comes and stands to the right. It's like, I'm not even going to get in you right now. It's yeah. so yucky. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, no, get back in here right now. Yeah. So yeah. It's interesting. It is. But some people don't feel any of that. And so, and that's a very painful existence. And what's most painful about that, I think, is you find yourself doing things that you don't want to be doing, and you don't know why you keep doing the same dumb show, you know? And, and that's, that's kind of one of the symptoms, and that's because they don't understand themselves energetically. Right. It's like, of course, no mind would, like, that's not a good idea, but now you get your emotional body triggered, you have no protection from your aura, you're out of alignment with your soul, and bam. That's where that, you know, knee-jerk reaction comes from. Right. And so when you're doing, I'm just so curious about this. So when you're doing an astrological reading, right? And again, like we have that, you know, you were saying you kind of are a nerd about everything in the realm of astrology. And so you know things intellectually. But then I know from listening to you, it's like, okay, there can be so much that you can pull in, again, intellectually from looking at the map of where the stars are, but then it goes through your channel right? You see, like, if everyone were channeling the alignment of the stars right now, we could have these different perspectives. And so I'm just curious about how you kind of connect to that or how that comes through for you. It's, you it's interesting because I make, I'm making myself, I don't know if you've noticed, do the moon message. And it's really because I want to daily, like, really let them talk to me you know, and how's it affecting the moon. And I have an astrologer I really love, Dr. Michael Lennox. And like, he has, a, he does red robe astrology. And he's like, he does a minute every day. So I had already done my moon. 
And then I listened to him and all he talked about was the sun, I think in Venus um, going into a, a conjunct or a square. I didn't even talk about that. What I talked about was the moon, Venus and Mars lining up and both are true. Right. right? Um, so I, as you know, and this has gotten more for me and this is for everybody. And you talk about with crystals, don't get so much into what they mean. I have to set it aside. Yeah. That's how it works. I have to make sure I don't listen to too much astrology. Otherwise I, because they want to tell me what they want to tell me. Yes. They don't want to tell me what Michael got. Right. Exactly. And we get so, and, and then if you get caught up in I'm wrong, no, you're, you are hearing exactly what is supposed to come through you. And when it's for your, you know, when it's for your personal astrology, then that's what it is. And when it's for somebody else, you know, you're going to, I always let, I always feel like I, when I get in the good spot, space, it's like I open up and I let them start telling me a story. Yeah. And that's how they talk. They just, you know, this is what's happening, you know? Right. And can't we apply that again? You mentioned crystals, but I would assume that it's a similar approach, even with like tarot and, you know, you can memorize what all the cards mean and great. But then if you're just letting your mind like attached to that one aspect of memorization, you're losing the fullness of what can emerge in a session or through a card. And it, and and so too with I know that you you know you connect with angels and you connect with different like goddess energies or god energies and again we can like memorize oh they look like this and this is their message but if we just let like keep ourselves there we're it's like we're just we're keeping everything in a box and not allowing ourselves to have that authentic it's scary when you open that box right you know um you know i really am into mary magdalene magdalene means tower that's why i call the sound healings with the breathing the tower of light but my teacher who i love so much who channeled mary magdalene she wrote this amazing book called i remember union her her version of Jesus in Magdalene is different than mine, but I adore her. I mean, she's just an amazing, she's this little lady from West Virginia. And when I, and she came to LA, I had already been following her. Mm -hmm. And she was just at someone's house doing this gathering. There was like 30 people in this house. When she walked in the room with her little sweater and jeans on, it was like thunder. <laughs> and I mean, I was just like, what the fuck? I mean, she's just like, I don't even know how to say it, but the reason I bring her up is over time, she stopped saying she was channeling Mary Magdalene and she was channeling the beings with no names. That's what she calls them. The beings of no names. And I think that in the end, and this is, I'm getting God bumps. I think we're getting it right. Um, this is very hard for humans to grok, but there really is only one voice speaking. That's why you can't get it wrong. You know? Hmm. It's very, very, it's so bizarre. <laughs> Allowing yourself to be in that space, right? And I always think yeah. the most profound things in our life make no sense, are the ones that make no sense and seem the most out there. And, yeah. and I, you know, and I, and it's only through our own experience that we can have some sort of relationship or truth to it. Yeah. I mean, and I think that is the, the, the reason for personal relationships, the closer that relationship is, the more you can, re, you know, um, relax 
and expand and be open to the truth. I mean, there has been some times like when I was on the trail with Tony and like I'm mad at him about something and he says whatever. And I've had this rush of like, he, like he's me and as a man. And, and also like there's been times when I just, I'm so in love with him and it's like that is how much you love you. It just seems like it's going out, mm. but it's you, you're loving. It's bizarre. And it's so beautiful. And it also helps you like relax. You know, I mean, I think that's what working with crystals does and Kundalini, all our practices, you've got to find what moves you. I mean, it can't be too easy. You know, it's gotta, it's gotta move some energy and make you question and, you know, open up. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing something consistently and really staying present in this life, like for me, having, you know, um, Tony in my life has helped me love. I mean, the whole purpose of having a sacred love affair is to love the world better because I have been in a safe place to hate, to be angry, to be loving, you know, to do it all and, and have that, oh my God, he's me. And then that teaches me how, you know, Yogananda talks about that. Don't get hung up on the special relationship. The special relationship is only to teach you how to have a relationship with God, period. I remember when I had my daughter, I mean, intoxicating love. I mean, and I remember like, you know, when I had to go back to work and I would come home and she was like six months and she's crawled at the door. And I I thought to myself, is this ever going to stop? I mean, I'm just so fucking happy every time I see her. And, um, and I was really into SRF and, you know, yoga Zanda's, uh, thing was no special relationship. And I really realized at that point in my life, this is what love really is. Mm. And, and I, I love Tony, but I didn't love him like that. Right. Her dad. And I knew I'm supposed to. And then that just exponentially kept stretching it into other places, you know? And if you notice, I say to my students, I love them mm-hmm. and I love you. And, yeah. and I know as soon as I love you, as soon as I put that in the, in the ethers, it's like a contract. So I have to show up now and, and not, you know, run away when I'm angry and not fade away when I think you've acted different, you know, we know the love contracts on. You know, and I just have as many as I can so I can learn and grow. Right, right. And then you see more clearly what would be getting in the way or those aspects that are there for us to work on, because that's what, you know, we're here to do, to see what's getting in the way between us and love, ultimately. Uh, That's it. Yeah. Beautiful. It's been so great talking with you and just getting a little slice of, you know, your mind and your spirit. Is there, you know, and and as far as your offerings go, obviously we've talked about Kundalini, we've talked about astrology. Is there anything else that you'd kind of like to share from, uh, and as far as what you're kind of doing in terms of your offerings and flow that listeners might be interested in? And of course, I'll be sharing all of your info with the, the podcast episode, but um, you know, Kundalini is like the, the gateway to everything with me. So, you know, when you're with me, you know, it's like, it's going to be sound healing and crystals and astrology and Kundalini. It's like, it's, it is the Mahanraj mix, you know, and my husband and I, when we teach, it's like this whirlwind. And I love that. Um, and then the other thing is I, you know, I love to do right now. I'm doing a lot of Venus readings, which is focusing on where Venus is now and where yours is. 
but what I think my specialty really is, is coaching people through it. It's mm -hmm. like, it, I don't think it helps too much to get a, a head full of your future or your past. But yeah. what is important to me when I do a reading is where do you need to heal? And let's really get honest and real about, so what are you going to do? You know, so, right. so you're not just looking at the map, but you're kind of coaching someone through how they integrate that and navigate that, which is kind of arising. And yes. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the only way to, in my mind, it's useful. Otherwise, you might as well just go to a fortune teller. Right. And then you just have a book full of notes and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well I love you. I'm so oh, glad you picked me and I got yeah, to talk to you. Yes, of course. Mahan Rajkar, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your time. So All right. Have a great day. Thank Mwah. you. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Honor Your Aura podcast. If you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did, please leave a review and share with your friends because I want you to be the start of the ripple that allows others to honor and empower the energy that lies within. <laughs>